the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Ah, yes. Need some Christmas tunes because, well, happy Christmas Eve to you and yours. Hopefully you're enjoying this holiday season with your loved ones. Yeah, we're still going to do a regular show here, original programming, and talk about some news items of the week because... But I need some nice, calming Christmas music ahead of what I'm going to talk about here because there are still some news where I, I probably get a little riled up. But that's okay. Uh, and again, we hope you are enjoying your Christmas holiday with your family. And Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, we're going to definitely talk about that. Uh, and again, uh, hopefully that uh, you've uh, put out the appropriate... Uh, do, do, do people still put out milk and cookies for, for the big man coming down the chimney? Well, they should. Uh, anyways, we hope you are enjoying this time uh, this precious time with your family and remembering the reason for the season. However, we are uh, putting on a regular show today. And in the second hour, we will have on uh, former ambassador to the Holy, U.S. Ambassador to the Holy See, Francis Rooney. He'll be joining us to talk about uh, his perspective of the Israel Palestine conflict. Yes, uh, two and a half months in, that is still raging on. So, still. Much to get to on the broadcast. But I obviously wanted to start with the big news item from this past week. Uh, I wrote about it at bradcarlson.org over the past few days. I kind of called it Rocky Mountain Sigh because Colorado is not going to be the first state to attempt this. Well, Minnesota already kind of did, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But the National Review wrote about the news. Uh, the Colorado Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled that former President Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the state's ballot in the 2024 presidential election. In a 4-3 to ruling, the court held that Trump's presence on the ballot would be a wrongful act under the election code, arguing that the former president is disqualified from holding the presidency under Section 3, of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Now, I I feel like I say this every show, and it bears repeating, I am no legal scholar. I am the furthest thing from a legal beagle. But from those who know the law, 
a lot better than I do, they would say this is a pretty dubious or elastic interpretation of the 14th Amendment, specifically Section 3 under the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And obviously you had progressives and non-Trump Republicans alike jumping around like poo-flinging monkeys. Of course, you had the uh, uh, deranged fools at the Lincoln Project put out a snarky tweet saying uh, the uh, um, we can now project that Joe Biden has won the state of Colorado. Okay. And again, people say, well, you know, this is much ado about nothing. Trump wasn't going to win Colorado anyways. It's pretty much a solidly blue state. I mean, who really cares? Well, here's the thing. First of all, I can hold two thoughts in my mind at the same time. And didn't didn't uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald say that that was the sign of, of pure intelligence is to be able to hold two conflicting thoughts in your mind at the same time? Not that I am of, a, of pure intelligence, but I believe Donald Trump should not be Back in the White House. I've said that ad nauseum on this show. I know much to the dismay of a good number of my listeners. I understand that, but I do not believe Donald Trump should be president again. However, however, I can concur this is not the way to do it. If he's been convicted of something, that's one thing. But we all have a presumption of, of innocence. Yes, even someone as despicable as Donald J. Trump has a presumption of innocence. And he hasn't even been convicted of a crime. And that was a suit that was brought before the Minnesota Supreme Court. You know, they, there was a group of people, non-Trump Republicans as well as Progs, that tried to keep him off the ballot here in Minnesota. And the Minnesota Supreme Court rejected that. Now, they didn't rule on the merits of the case. I forget ultimately how they ruled. I just know they didn't rule on the merits of the case. But they kind of left the door open as if to say, well, maybe he could still be left off the general election ballot. I would assume it would be if he's actually convicted. But if the National Review editors are correct, the likely outcome will be for the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn this ruling. And again, I'll read this is the, the, an editorial at National Review. While there are a number of subsidiary legal questions under Section 3 to the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, the biggest problem is that the Colorado court got it wrong on the merits of the case. While Section 3 was not limited to the Civil War, it was aimed to disqualify active Confederate rebels and political leaders of the Confederacy from returning to government. Those were people who made war on the United States or materially supported armies in the field to do so. The original public meaning of Section 3, as illustrated by decisions of Congress in the late 1860s on whether to seat Southern members, barred only active participants in an ongoing rebellion, such as those who joined the Confederate military or aided its war effort, not just those who incited secession by speeches before the fact. The Colorado court ignored the contemporaneous evidence of how Congress construed its own amendment. Even under the standard it cited from the opinions of then-Attorney General Henry Stanberry, however, the force of the term to engage carries the idea of active rather than passive conduct. It is a serious stretch to convert Trump's lassitude and a few tweets during the riot into active participation in the riot. More than some vague tweets ought to be required before depriving tens of millions of Americans of a candidate who may be their choice. So once the U.S. Supreme Court 
tosses this ruling, and that seems to be a pretty uh, a prevailing sentiment. Because let's be honest, the the majority of the court is conservative, and of those conservatives, a good number of those are originalists. Okay, and if they're going to go by the original intent of the U.S. Constitution, I, I got to believe you're going to get at least five of those justices, maybe even six. You know, John Roberts is kind of the wild card these days. That will probably toss this this suit. Well, once it is tossed, you'll get the reaction from the Trumpians and the fervent anti-Trumpians are utterly predictable. For instance, the Trump cultists, they're, of course, going to laud this decision. They're going to essentially declare it a victory for the rule of law. Hey, the Constitution is still a thing. We, we, we still maybe have faith in the rule of law here. And they'll also extol the virtues of due process and how everybody should be presumed innocent. And all I'll say to the Trumpians in their sudden infatuation with due process is that they better have the same energy if Trump is president again. What do I mean by that? I remember in the aftermath of, I think it was the, if I'm not mistaken, the Las Vegas shooting, where uh, in the fall of uh, 2017, uh, or no, maybe I think it I, actually it was March of 2018. So this would have been in the aftermath of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida. And of course, there because it involved young people and young people were getting active in in a fight for gun control. Trump, this was on TV, meeting with his cabinet, Mike Mike Pence. You know, being the honorable man he was, stood up for the virtues of the Second Amendment. Say, well, we don't need to gut the Second Amendment in order to prevent these atrocities from happening again. You know, gun control is not going to work. And and Trump basically said, well, we have to get these guns first and then due process later. That's essentially what he said. Okay? That's not constitutional. And by the way, this was the motivation. It was either the Vegas shooting or this particular shooting where Trump basically unilaterally banned bump stocks, basically an instrument that you use on your weaponry. I'm not. I, I'm not a gun expert. I, that'd be best reserved for a friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson. But basically, bump stocks to, I guess, uh, it results in more rapid fire from your firearms. If I'm not mistaken, and I can be corrected. But the point is, Trump unilaterally banned this, and this was ultimately overturned. I think within the last year by. The higher courts saying, no, that's a Second Amendment violation. So all I'm saying for you Trumpians who will suddenly extol the virtues of the Constitution, due process, yada, 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 save that energy for if your guy is president again and he decides to unilaterally violate the Constitution himself. Okay, let's be principled about this, which, to be honest, the Trump cultists aren't exactly the most principled people. I'm just saying. And as for the non-Trumpers. SCOTUS overturning this ruling will only fortify their maniacal claims that the high court is illegitimate. They're, they've been beating that drum pretty much since Trump took office. Because this all goes back to when Antonin Scalia passed away in early 2016, and the Senate decided not to have any hearings or votes for a Obama nominee. And therefore, they said the next president will decide it. Well, Donald Trump shockingly ended up being elected in 2016. So he got the Supreme Court pick, which ended up being Neil Gorsuch. And the Democrats filibustered Gorsuch, a very mainstream nominee. 
And the Republicans invoke the nuclear option. Thank you, Harry Reid, for setting that precedent for other federal judiciary appointments. And ever since then, the Democrats have been going on this drumbeat that the court is illegitimate, that they should, uh, and, and they and they further, and they make louder calls for impeachment of Clarence Thomas. As an aside, why are the progressives always going after the black guy to impeach? I'm just asking questions here. <coughs> I digress. So this is, the drumbeat is going to continue for the expansion of the court. The progs will continue this drumbeat if indeed SCOTUS tosses this ruling as they should. So I, I think progressives know deep down in their heart, despite them jumping around and celebrating like poo-flinging monkeys, I think they know deep down in their heart this ruling is going to get tossed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Nevertheless, they're already preparing for the talking points of, see, Exhibit A, another, another example of why we need to expand the court, of why we need to, to impeach Justice Clarence Thomas, because it's very clear that he has a vested interest in this. So for as nuts as the 2016 cycle was, 2020 made it look like beanbag. And the 2024 presidential election cycle now appears to be requesting that we grasp its brewed and fermented beverage. Back in mere moments with me, Brad Carlson, a Christmas Eve edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. So glad you're with us. God bless you and yours. Jesus is the reason for the season. We'll be back with another segment in mere moments. Go nowhere. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Hey, welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, a Christmas Eve edition of the Closer Edition Have of the Narn. I love me some Christmas music. I don't know if there'll be snow. I know there will not be snow here in Minnesota. So, folks, I hope you are enjoying your time with your loved ones. And, of course, Jesus is the reason for the season. We need to keep Christ in Christmas. And it's a, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a dreary weekend, rainy. Does, does Definitely does not feel like Christmas. But the good news is, you know, the winter solstice, uh, the 21st, was this past Thursday. And that was the shortest day of the year. So now the days are getting progressively longer as, 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 as far as daylight is concerned. So that is always something to look forward to this time of year. So I was talking in the first hour about the Colorado Supreme Court ruling that Trump is ineligible to be on the uh, primary and general election ballot for the 2024 presidential election. And again, the, the Supreme Court will ultimately hear this ruling. They'll rule on it. It'll they'll overturn it. And the Trump supporters will gleefully declare rule of law and the Constitution is still a thing. Yes, even someone like Donald J. Trump deserves constitutional protect, projection, uh, protections, presumption of innocence, all that sort of thing. And, 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 and that's all fine and good. But again, as I also said, I want the same energy for when Trump or even his allies or his minions, surrogates, whatever you want to call them, performative leg humpers, you know, whomever. I would say reserve the same energy for those people when they violate 
constitutional norms. Or even worse, don't say that their free speech is being taken from them when it's not. What am I talking about? Well, uh, Rudy Giuliani, of course, was recently found guilty of a defamation of a couple election workers in the state of Georgia. Of course, Georgia was a big source of contention at the Trump allegations of election fraud. And Rudy, Rudy Giuliani essentially defamed two women, uh, Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. They sued him for defamation back at the end of 2021. Uh, he uh, well basically made false statements, Rudy Giuliani did, in asserting that these election workers mishandled ballots while counting votes in Atlanta during the 2020 election. Now, I ha- I've had this discussion with some callers, one specific caller on my show, he knows who he is, that he was a big Giuliani guy. He's, and, and I was coming out and saying then that Rudy Giuliani is misconstruing what happened in Georgia because they were accusing uh, people of bringing in suitcases full of ballots that are already pre- were pre-programmed for Biden and just sliding in all these ballots into the voting machine. I'm like, that is not what happened. Those were lockboxes with ballots that were already completed and run through the voting machines. And they were doing the normal business of election work, taking those boxes and once they were completed then obviously they were later hand counted during the recount and this person said to me well you rudy giuliani knows more than you or i i mean what are you accusing rudy giuliani of lying and back then i don't make accusations that i can't prove i just basically saying well i think rudy giuliani is misconstruing maybe misunderstanding what's happening there well it turns out yeah rudy giuliani lied And he later admitted he lied. This was back, you know, this past summer. He said, yeah, okay, yeah, I lied. You know, it's not defamation per se. You know, my statement's not defamatory per se. Except court ruled that, yeah, they were. And you, Mr. Giuliani, being an officer of the court, have even a higher threshold, a higher standard to make statements that are true and to not make statements that you know are verifiably false. So I bring all that up to say that this past, uh, I didn't get to this last week, so within the last week and a half, couple weeks, the judgment came down. Rudy Giuliani has been ordered to pay $148 million to the plaintiffs in this particular case. Now, I'll, I'll concede that that is excessive, way too much, and if Giuliani decides to appeal, which he obviously is going to, that's ultimately... That judgment, I believe, is going to be reduced. No doubt about it. But the fact of the matter is, he's been found guilty. And that doesn't bode well for him. And he's close to 80 years old. Uh, he, I guess, recently filed for bankruptcy. And this is not the man that we saw on September 11th, 2001, who people declared as America's mayor and showed solid leadership, even though. What did he really do on 9-11? This is something I can never get past. He just, you know, like Louis C.K. was talking about, you know, he, he, you basically saw him walking down the street with a cup of coffee saying, oh, well, boy, this is, this is rough. This is bad, you know. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, again, not to denigrate his service as, as mayor, but I, I just don't understand how this was going to be his launching pad to be a presidential candidate, which his candidacy in 2008 really didn't go anywhere. So. Again, all that is an aside. 
I bring all this up to say that this is not a free speech issue, as Rudy Giuliani said. And you've also had Charlie Kirk, who I know has a broadcast on this network, nationally syndicated broadcast. You know, he put out a tweet a little more than a week ago saying, well, free speech has a cost. Alex Jones, $1 billion. Tucker Carlson and Fox, $787.5 million. And Rudy Giuliani, $148 million for wanting to ensure fair elections. Are you next? You know, I let me preface by saying I have the utmost respect for Charlie Kirk when he was a in his early 20s and I think in he grew up in the Chicago area started an organization Turning Point USA to give young people an alternative to the leftist indoctrination that they're facing on their college campuses and for that I'll ha- I have the utmost admiration for him because I think young people need to see a different perspective but if this is the kind of drivel that you're parroting on a Turning Point USA stage, you're not doing these young people a favor. Uh, Consigliere, if we have that uh, cut number one, I'll let uh, conservative commentator Eric Erickson explain. This is cut number one. I've seen conservatives, well, I shouldn't say conservatives, I've seen people on the right come out and say, this is free speech, this is free speech, you're getting punished for free speech in this country. No, you idiots, you're not getting punished for free speech, you're getting punished for lying. There has never, ever, 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 never, ever, never been permission under the rules of free speech to lie about private citizens. You can lie about public officials, and as long as there's no malice there, you can get away with it. But for a private citizen who is not in the public eye, who's just doing their job, if you lie about that person, you suffer the consequences. Now, every sane person in the world knows this. I saw Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA try to say, Van, or what is Alex Jones is punished a billion dollars because of his free speech. Alex Jones was not punished with a billion dollar fine for his free speech. Alex Jones lied about the parents and children at Sandy Hook and then tried to hide the money from the families so he didn't have to pay them. That's not free speech. He lied. He slandered those families. He caused people to put upon them and burden them and challenge them and harass them. Alex Jones is paying for the consequences of his lies, and Rudy Giuliani is as well. And if you can't understand that you don't get to go on a big pulpit and lie about other Americans and not have to suffer consequences, you're not a smart person and probably should surrender your voting card and probably stop procreating because you're polluting the gene pool with stupid people. Oof, okay, that's pretty harsh. Okay, it's not, not exactly the tactic I'd take, but, but in general, Eric Erickson is right. What Charlie Kirk said in that tweet that I read, that had nothing to do with free speech. And that had everything to do with a legal ruling that you defamed private citizens, or in the case of Fox News, uh, Dominion Corporation. And again, by maybe by the letter of the law, Fox News didn't have to admit to guilt with the settlement. I don't remember the exact nuances of the ruling all i know is dominion sued them for like a billion and a half and they got close to 800 million so about 50 percent of what they were suing them for so again by the letter of the law fox news may not be guilty but that tells me that they 
didn't really have enough to combat the accusations. But anyways, that's an aside. So when Charlie Kirk lists all these, Alex Jones, a billion dollars, Tucker Carlson, Fox, 800 million, Rudy Giuliani, 148 million for wanting to ensure fair elections. Are you next? No, I'm not next because I have no intention of defaming anyone. Because defamation is not protected speech. So again, I, I can't say enough that I have the utmost admiration for Charlie Kirk and what he's doing to give people, a young people an opportunity to see what our country's history is really all about and not have, have it uh, rewritten by college professors or only giving one biased account. Yeah, our, our country has warts, but there's also some virtuous aspects of our country that I think young people need to know. And again, I admire Charlie Kirk for doing that. But this is what happens when you hitch your wagon to Trump. It becomes very lucrative. Charlie Kirk has a multi-million dollar estate near an Arizona country club. Has a pretty nice lifestyle because he's hitched his wagon to Trump. Trump's eventually going to go away. So when Trump goes away, then what? Okay? So, so let's have some principles here. Like I called for in the first segment, when Trump violates constitutional norms like he did during his actual uh, first term, and if he gets a second presidential term and he's violating constitutional norms, same energy. Same energy. But the fact that you're calling defamation uh, a viola- that a defamation, you're saying that that's within the parameters of free speech, that's not true. And you're doing a great disservice to the young people that you're supposedly trying to share conservatism conservatism and conservative values and constitutional originalism, you're doing them a great disservice. So, uh, again, uh, this is uh, this is kind of a, a preview of what's going to happen in 2024, and I already do not like uh, where it's going, that is for sure. Uh, Brad Carlson, The Closer, with a special Christmas Eve edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the Closer Edition. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, hope you are enjoying your time and your holiday with your family. And we will be back in mere moments with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson, on Christmas Eve. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Again, hope you are enjoying this precious holiday. Where Jesus is the reason for the season. I don't know about you, I just love Christmas music. Um, I don't think I love it so much that I could listen to it in July, but... If you notice, I'm going with Christmas music theme for my bumper tunes. Not that you knew what my uh, theme was previously. A couple people have guessed it in the past, but yeah. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. And for, I don't know why, but for some reason, this version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by uh, Vince Gill is my favorite version of the song. I have no idea why. I, I love Vince Gill's voice, first off. And just as an aside, I actually got to see Vince in concert uh, last month. He was in town with the Eagles. You know, he joined the Eagles um, shortly after Glenn Fry passed away. Uh, Vince Gill, along along with Glenn Fry's son, Deacon, 
uh, both members of the Eagles as they're on their uh, farewell tour here. Got to see him last month. Uh, Vince sang lead on a, uh, on a on a few songs. I think uh, Lion Eyes and Heartache Tonight. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a hard time. You know, I'm a country music fan. I like Vince Gill's country music. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like an odd inclusion, you know, to be a part of the Eagles. But it worked. It worked. I loved it. So uh, apropos, not much. Thought I'd just point that out. So I talked about last week how I believe that a corrupt and dishonest and biased media is a bigger threat to our democracy, small d democracy, than a Trump presidency. And again, this is coming from someone who outright says, I'm not voting for Trump in 2024 under any circumstances for anything ever again. Not in 2024, not in 2028. If he loses in 24, he'll probably decide to run in 28. Not voting for Trump ever again, okay? But that being said, uh, him being elected president is not nearly as big a threat to democracy as a corrupt, biased, and dishonest media. And, you know, I I could probably have a segment, a couple of segments every week pointing out yet another example of that sentiment. And sure enough, the AP uh, Associated Press did not disappoint. Their headline, Pope Approves Blessings for Same-Sex Couples. Actually, I'm sorry, uh, I want to get... Want to get to the uh, the tweet here? Yeah, Pope says uh, Pope says priests can be. Uh, or, um, this is the tweet from the Associated Press. Breaking: Pope says priests can blame same-sex unions. Requests should be, not be subject to moral analysis. And you had other media outlets reporting upon this, and you're saying, and and the way some of these headlines, these clickbait headlines, were framed. You would think, oh, the Pope is now sa- sanctioning gay marriage. Gay, you know, gay people can now be married within the Catholic Church. I get it; it's the law of the land here in America, and and gay couples, you know, can be recognized by the state as married couples, same as heterosexual couples. I understand that, but churches have not been mandated that they have to hold same-sex weddings if, indeed, a same-sex couple requests to be married in church. Churches are not required to do so. And there have been progressive presidential candidates who have indicated, well, if churches, uh, if I'm president, churches will lose their tax-exempt status if they don't marry gay couples. So I have a feeling that that'll be, that'll be coming. Well, you read the headline and you think that the Catholic Church says, ah, gay marriage is okay. Well, our Northern Alliance Radio Network alum... And now HotAir.com writer Ed Morrissey says, nah, Pope Francis did not. Okay, blessings for same-sex relationships. And again, this is from Ed Morrissey's Hot Air piece. What are the most dire words any Catholic journalist can hear in the mainstream media? Today, the Vatican slash Pope Francis said... Now, some of that can be blamed on the pontiff's lack of precision and care in his off-the-cuff comment, but not today. 
After chewing on the issue of blessing same-sex unions for the last few months, the Vatican issued a new and reasonably clear statement from its prefect and of the of the doctrine of faith, if one bothers to read it. So what did it say? Well, if you read the Associated Press and or ABC News, you would think that same-sex couples can finally get a priest to bless their relationship. Let's screenshot their headline. This is from ABC News. Pope says priests can bless same-sex unions. So now if you were to read that, what would your reaction be? You would think, well, gay couples can now be married in Catholic churches so long as the priests choose to bless them, and they've got the okay from the Pope, so what's their excuse now? Well, instead, instead, this is the particular news story. If you read down in the news story, you may get a little bit of nuance or context, but they still don't exactly get it right. Pope Francis has formally approved allowing priests to bless same-sex couples with a new document explaining a radical change in Vatican policy by insisting that people seeking God's love and mercy shouldn't be subject to an exhaustive moral analysis to receive it. Okay, well, that isn't exactly blessing same-sex unions, and it sure as heck isn't sanctioning gay marriage and sure isn't allowing gay couples to be married in the Catholic Church. But yet, if you read the headline, Pope says priests can bless same-sex unions, you might construe it as such. And again, I'll continue with uh, Ed's analysis in his hot air piece. This isn't a problem with uh, just with the AP or ABC either. Every American outlet has picked this up as Pope approves blessing for same-sex unions or some version of it. First off, let's note the difference between the headline and the lead because it becomes important later. The headline declares that the Vatican has approved the blessing of, quote, same-sex unions, close quote, but the lead shifts that subtly subtly to same-sex couples. That's our first hint that the AP and or ABC has failed to make the distinctions or even to assess what the dicastery essentially wrote in its declaration, fiducia supplicans, on the pastoral meaning of blessings. It's not the union being blessed, in other words, nor even the relationship between the two people involved. As the Daily Wire's Vatican correspondent Bree Dale points out, the document starts with the defense of church teachings on the family and essentially changes nothing. Again, this is from Daily Wire's analysis. The new prefect of the doctrine of the faith states people in irregular unions, such as same-sex unions, may not receive anything resembling liturgical blessings or blessings of their unions. They may, however, receive spontaneous blessing limited to the invocation of a blessing that descends from God upon those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, do not claim a legitimate legitimation of their own status, but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, again, this all goes back to 
a media that if we had a functioning media, an honest media, an unbiased media, that they would draw this out. They would they would be very clear in the headlines is that the Vatican allows for blessings of same-sex couples, not unions, because, if again, if you say it as unions, well, that would imply the relationship. But if you say same-sex couples, well, that doesn't necessarily mean their union, and, and, and that could be spelled out in the subheadline. But again, it's, it's, it's clickbait. That it's become a very lucrative business, being a biased media. And it's a great disservice to the American citizens that you aren't telling the story, you aren't giving nuance, you aren't giving context. Instead, we've gotten to the point where it seems like news and media and whatnot, it's been dumbed down to just sound bites or or 280 characters via a tweet or something that you can just post to Facebook. I mean, isn't media all about sharing facts and telling the story behind these facts? But instead, you get media, you get these media people who puff out their chest. Well, we're 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 here to give we're here to give our truth. We're here to give our truth. Well, is it your truth or the truth? Because again, what we're finding, there's a distinction between your truth and the truth. And we all remember uh Lester Holt, NBC News, a few years ago won some award, and he was lecturing. He's like, "Well, you know, there's some, you know, we we're always lectured and told that we need to give both sides. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Those are empirical facts. Those are undisputed facts. So we don't feel the need to give the other side of 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 those particular facts. And it's a it's it's a it's a big straw man because. Again, there are facts, empirical facts that Lester Holt spells out, and then there are some media people saying, "Well, we're out here to give to 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 give the truth." Well, no, no, no. What you're out to do is give your a biased account, your truth. I, I hate that phrase; it drives me insane. That's my truth. God bless him for sharing his truth, or God bless her for sharing her truth. Because what you're telling me is you're giving a distorted version of the truth when you come out and say here's my truth and this is just an overarching problem of of our media today so again uh ed morrissey our northern alliance radio network alum a very faithful member of the catholic church i can't think of a better person to not only nuke the misleading media headlines but also give an insightful and honest account of what this new vatican uh, uh, document Vatican uh, guidance puts out there. So again, go to hotair.com and, and look back at Ed Morrissey's piece. This was from uh, December 18th, so a week uh, from tom- uh, a week ago tomorrow is when that piece took place uh, at Hot Air. Uh, I think you'll find a, a fantastic, unbiased, and factual account of what this new Vatican guidance really said. It's me, Brad Carlson, Christmas Eve edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
Welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. With me, Brad Carlson. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Yes, a special Christmas Eve edition of the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thank you as always for tuning in. So, I, this is a got a final short segment here uh, this hour, but I wanted to. Uh, as you know, if you listen to my program, you know I'm a sports fan, big-time NFL fan. And by the way, Skull Vikings uh, beat those uh, Motor City Kitties today. Uh, Richard Mendenhall, he was a running back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eh, he didn't have a, a a great career. When I think of Richard Mendenhall, I don't think of his career with the Steelers so much, his entire body of work in the NFL so much, as much as I do him – having a crucial fumble in Super Bowl 45 against the Packers and basically giving Osama bin Laden the benefit of the doubt. I might get to that a little bit later, but uh, this tweet stood out. This is a tweet he put out on Monday. I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. Well, the first thing I got to ask is who does Richard Mendenhall think is the white guy's goat? Goat is an acronym for greatest of all time. Who Who does he think is the greatest of all time? White guy. I'd be curious because... um. I hate to bring this up to Richard, not that he's listening, but it was Whitey who dislodged the football from you at a key moment in Super Bowl 45. And I remember that moment because I was rooting like heck against the Packers because I'm rabidly anti-Packer, of course. The Steelers were down 21-3 to at halftime. They got within 21-17 to in the second half, and they had the ball down four, driving, and if they get a touchdown, they take the lead, right? And they were driving the ball down the field. And Richard Mendenhall took the handoff, was hit by Clay Matthews, white guy, fumbled, Packers got the ball, and took the ball down the field and scored, went ahead 28-17, to and they never trailed for the rest of the game. So, again, Richard, I don't know who you think the white guy's greatest of all time is. Clay Matthews, very good player in his day. In fact, one of the best rushing linebackers you know, from about 2009, his rookie year, to maybe, you know, 2012, 2013. Certainly not a Hall. I don't think Clay Matthews is a Hall of Famer, but he's certainly not the GOAT either, and he dislodged the ball from Richard Mendenhall. And I find it interesting that Richard, he saves this, uh, he basically doesn't, finds it a great injustice almost that what he says are, average white guys commenting on football. But yet, after Osama bin Laden was taken out by the U.S. Navy SEALs in May of 2011, uh, he decided to come out and say, what kind of person celebrates death? It's amazing how people can hate a man they never heard of. We've only heard one side. So 
Osama bin Laden, who was taken out by the U.S. military because he perpetrated the largest terror attack on American soil, killing 3,000 Americans. Well, you know, we haven't heard Osama's side here. You know, we're, we're, we're sitting here celebrating his death, but we, we haven't heard his side of the story. Okay? But yet, he has all this disdain for what he says average white guys commenting on football. That's like, you know, women went through this a lot worse when they were becoming sideline reporters at NFL games. And a lot of these people are saying, what are these women doing on the sidelines? What are these women doing at an anchor desk commenting on sports? They, of course, have never played the game. You don't need to have played the game to have an opinion on the game. So what Richard is saying, these average white guys... They've at least, you know, and he may be talking about someone like Dan Orlovsky with ESPN or Jason Garrett, who's on MS or who's on NBC, you know, guys like that. They weren't great players, but they can't have an opinion on the game. I mean, suppose he had said that about women, it would have been a veritable poop storm. Okay. But because he says it about average white guys, you know, ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just basically. This is basically laughed off. So, again, I'm not overly outraged by this. I just think it's rather amusing that a guy who's known for fumbling at a key moment in the Super Bowl and saying we need to hear Osama bin Laden's side of the story before we applaud his death, okay, I, I, I'm more amused that a guy like that is more outraged over what he considers average white guys commenting on football than... Osama bin Laden than he is rejoicing over the fact that the mastermind behind the largest terror attack on U.S. soil was taken out. Again, very, very odd priorities, but uh, now, like I say, I, I'm not so much outraged as much as I found it rather amusing. So, Anyhow, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments, AM 12 to the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, Christmas Eve edition of the NARN. Go nowhere. Roasting on an open file Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.